0: I know you may not want to think about having a cesarean birth, but it's better to be prepared just in case. Today's guest will help you really understand how you can feel fulfilled even if you have a cesarean birth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth Podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN physician and certified integrative health coach. Every week, I break down topics, share birth stories, or interview experts to help you have your very best pregnancy and birth. Quick note, the information is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. See the full disclaimer at ncrcoaching.com forward slash disclaimer. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for spending some time with me today. I know your time is valuable, so I am grateful that you choose to spend a little bit of time with me. Now, today's episode is a full one. I have Linnea Taylor on, and she is sharing her birth stories about her cesarean births. Linnea is a full-time stay-at-home parent and a part-time artist. She specializes in hand-drawn logos and brand artwork. She lives in, with her husband and four children in beautiful Gillette, Wyoming. Now, Linnea and I have a great conversation about her four cesarean births. In her first pregnancy, she had to have a cesarean because of a rare pregnancy complication. And despite her wanting something different, she ended up with cesarean births for her other three babies as well. Now, in this episode, Linnea is really able to show you how you can acknowledge the disappointment of things not going exactly the way you want, yet still find joy in your births. This will be helpful so that you can be more prepared for that inherent unpredictability of birth. It's also helpful if you already know you're going to have a cesarean section and you feel some disappointment about that. Now, this is a longer episode, so I want to jump right in, but do be sure to join us afterwards in the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast community on Facebook. We can continue the conversation there. I also post inspirational quotes in the group and tips about pregnancy. I also go live in the group to answer questions. I'll link to the group in the show notes if you're not already a part of it. Quick warning before we get into the episode, Linnea does talk about having a miscarriage in the beginning of the show, so if that will bother you, skip ahead a few minutes. Okay, without further ado, let's get to the episode with Linnea Taylor. Hi Linnea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your birth stories. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, good. So why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit about you, um, your work if you want to, and your family.
1: Well, I live in Wyoming uh, with my husband, Ben. We've been married for 12 years, or almost 12 years. We have four kids. Okay. And uh, two boys and two girls. We I got married when I was 18. Oh, wow. Uh, which is, seems so wild now. I thought I was ready for it, but (laughs) I mean, I I wouldn't change anything, but it was a wild ride. Um, We got pregnant for the first time when I was 20. We lost that baby, unfortunately, when I was 12 weeks along and that really was very traumatic for me. I'm sure, Um,
0: especially seeing so being so far along, you may have had an ultrasound and I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I
1: pretty much had kind of a... (sighs) I mean what I imagine was like a little delivery because there was a mix up at the doctor and they thought I had past tissue or something. Right. Um, but they didn't check with the ultrasound, so it ended up happening at home at night and uh I didn't know what was going on and so
0: That was incredibly scary. I mean I know I, I know we were having you want to talk about some of your experiences with C section, but we, we might as well go there since you brought it up. That must have yeah. been pretty tough
1: it was it was really tough I uh yeah I didn't know what was happening well I had you know I had started bleeding and um I went to the emergency room and they found out the baby must have died a couple of days before or something and that was just so crushing you know and because of how much I'd already bled or I'm not really now that I'm older and a little wiser I'm like really question what happened there but you know why they weren't more thorough but uh, they sent me home with some painkillers, and then a couple days later, I, I had still been bleeding. But when I got my cervix checked, it was completely closed. So the late the doctor said, uh, "Oh, that you know, you're done now, and you'll get better." And that night, I just started getting such extreme cramping, mm. and uh, you know, I never, I it was my first time ever having been pregnant, and I. I didn't really know what was going on I'm like oh now it's really hurting and my husband also was really clueless about what was going on right um but it hurt I mean it was extreme pain and I imagine it was like a little version of a laboring for a baby because mm-hmm. um, yeah and it it was just it was so terrible it was um it happened you know and uh it was just so traumatic to have that happen right? at home as a surprise when you think it's already done. Right. Of course, of course.
0: Oh my gosh. That's, that is clearly a lot, um, a lot to, to go through. And it obviously it's still kind of the way you describe it, it some ways it feels like it's probably still kind of fresh for you, even though it's been 12 years ago. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, so anyway, so, so, you know, that was a very hard time for us. And, um, but and then you went on I to was, get
0: pregnant again, yeah, though. Yeah.
1: So when that first pregnancy happened, we weren't trying to have a baby. And um, when it happened, we were so excited, but we hadn't really been trying. So when we lost our first baby, it kind of awakened that desire in us to have children. Even mm-hmm. though I was still so young, I was 21 at the time. Right. Um But at that point, I was like having dreams about nursing a baby, which I had never done before. And it was just like, I just thought, well, I want to be a mom. I had had always wanted to be a mom, but I really, really tried. So for like, probably, I think it was about nine months, we tried, you know, trying while I was ovulating. And so in my memory, at the time, it felt like I was, took forever to get pregnant. For the second time, you know, now looking back, I'm like, oh, it's only nine months. So it, it's not does, bad. <laughs> you know?
0: it does feel like forever. I mean, it took yeah. us like six months with our first. And I was like, this is I, I, I'm going to go stir crazy here. Like, it feels like forever. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Like every time I started my period, it was like, oh, just, oh, I'm not pregnant. It right. was terrible. But when we got pregnant about nine months later, I was we were so excited and I and afraid, you know. Yeah. um yeah. And I. I worked I worked up until after my third baby. So all during this time from my miscarriage and my subsequent three pregnancies, I worked as a uh, TSA officer at the airport. Hmm, okay. Um, which is kind of worth noting just cuz it was kind of a physical job and it right. was really strange like middle of the night hours at the airport. Um and so I was just nervous working there when I got pregnant cuz I had lost the first baby and I just didn't know, you know, I had that guilt like did I overdo it or mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Which of course you didn't. I hope, you know, you know going back, I hope you don't feel guilty or like you did anything because unfortunately I, yeah. miscarriage happens.
1: Yes. Uh thankful and thank you for that. I mean, I do now uh at the, you know, I'm 30 now. I look back and I don't feel any guilt, you know, but when I was just so upset over it, you know, it's like you know all those emotions, that's like. Horrible. But so uh, when I got pregnant with my daughter, who's she's eight now, we were so excited. But anyway, I guess I don't need to go in and all that. I was supposed to be talking about my family, but no, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I worked at as a government employee at the airport for like seven years. Uh, after that, I was able to come home and be a stay-at-home mom, which was a big heart's desire of mine. Um. So, my last baby, my youngest, um, he was the only baby that I was, like, I, I was at home from his conception to his birth. Like, I wasn't working outside of the home or working irregular regular hours. Um, and now, I am a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And I am a part-time artist. So, I do a lot of, like, branding work and logos and stuff. Okay, awesome. And about me, I guess, if you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I just am... Um, i uh, kind of a regular lady. Um, I just love my kids. I love spending time with them and my husband. And I love to read. I love hanging out with my friends. I love going to the movies. My husband says I'm like a walking IMDB because <laughs> I love the movies and talking right. about them right. Right. and going to see them. But that's just, I guess, a little rundown about me. Okay.
0: Okay. So, you have four children and you said the oldest is
1: 8? Yes, I have an 8-year-old girl, a 6-year-old girl, a 4-year-old boy and a little boy who's going to turn 2 next month.
0: Okay, all right. So you have a full household for sure. Mhm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor this message is for you as you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead let home threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family at HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads love where you live. So I, I know you have four, but I want to focus most of our discussion on talking about the first and the second pregnancy. So um, you talked about, or second Uh, children, I should say. So you were, of course, very nervous, anxious with the first pregnancy, but overall, how did things go? How was your pregnancy? What was it like? And what was your prenatal care like?
1: I, I just, I went to a doctor that was recommended to me. Beginning part of the pregnancy was really chill. You know, I didn't have nausea except just like some food aversions. And uh, thankfully, you know, I'd go in and I'd hear her heartbeat and everything was just very, I guess, normal. Okay. And that was great, you know, 20 <laughs> week appointment. I had the my first ultrasound with her, you know, where they do the anatomy scan and everything. Right. And that was so exciting. And to find out she was a girl yeah. and they and they sent us up to talk to the doctor uh, when we got up there. The lady, I think she was like a physician's assistant. She kind of had the expression of someone who was like about to break news, you know. Right. And she was telling us that we had a complete uh, placenta previa. Okay. And for the listeners,
0: really quickly, a placenta previa is when the placenta completely covers the opening of the cervix. And it can be pretty dangerous and lead to... Um, significant bleeding that can um, affect your baby. So it's a pretty substantial issue mm-hmm. in pregnancy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I've never heard of it, you know? Um, And she said, okay, look, you know, she was showing us on the ultrasound. She's like, this is a complete previa, you know, it's just dead center over your cervix. I'm like, Oh, well, is the baby? Okay. And she's like, oh, yeah, baby's fine. You know? So I, it's, I don't know if like, God was protecting me from a lot of unnecessary worry or mm-hmm. what, but like I wasn't freaked out by the news because I was just so happy to learn that she was looking good, you know? Right, <laughs> you know, <the laughs> right, right, right.
0: And you've never heard of this thing before, it probably sounded like something like out of the blue kind of thing. Like, yeah, that. okay, I never right. heard of it. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: so I'm like, okay. And so she said, you know, I was going to be on pelvic rest, you know, no sex, no bending unnecessarily. Um, she was telling me how she didn't want me, you know, ever getting a exam, like a cervical exam, Mm -hmm. unless absolutely necessary. And, um, they, they were telling me at that point that unless the placenta really moved up, that I'd be having a C-section.
0: And which often, and I'll say which often it, it does, and I don't know how your story is going to end, but often it does. Um, it, most of the time it actually will move up.
1: Yes. And I was hopeful of that. So, yeah, I... She told me, "Okay, you're gonna. If it doesn't move, you know, be prepared that you'll need a C-section." And I, I thought, okay, you know, just waiting. And so I went and I told like the people at my job that I I couldn't be lifting suitcases anymore, or like there was a bunch of things I couldn't do. So I was kind of on limited duty at my job, and for the duration of my pregnancy. So I was just trying to take it real easy at work. So the I I got subsequent ultrasounds. Just to check on the cervix and it just never budged it mm. just stayed dead center okay and uh i mean i was worried as far as like because i lived in north dakota at the time so okay. my she was born in january so the whole winter i wore those little uh cleats on that you kind of strap onto your shoes because <laughs> i you know like they're like ice pick shoes or something. Right. I, mean, I was so worried about slipping that I wore those everywhere and just would go click, 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 click. Wow. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um So as I got further along in the pregnancy, I, I more people started like I'd go in to see because sometimes I'd, I'd get worried because I hadn't felt the baby move in I didn't know how long, maybe like six or seven hours. So I'd get just work myself into a tizzy yet my job. So I'd have to leave and go to the hospital to get a monitor on. And right. And the nurses would always say, they'd look at my chart and they'd say, Oh, you haven't had any bleeding yet. And I'd say no. And then the more people I had tell me that over was, I got later on in the pregnancy, like seven, eight months pregnant. I started Uh being like, wow, like what's going to happen here? Right. Am I just going to start like bleeding a lot or is the baby going to be okay? I did. So I did get, pretty worried as that pregnancy went on, Um, I didn't end up loving my first OB doctor. um, And I really think I can pinpoint, well, she had, she was the one who told me not to get a cervical exam like ever, like Mm -hmm. she's like, it's just so sensitive and you, nothing should be up there, you know? And one of the times when I had gone into the hospital to be, they wanted some, check out something. A, a guy came in who was like a resident or something okay, right and he because he said something about training or, or he wasn't even a resident I think he was maybe okay, well, like intern or something I'm not sure but okay he, he was like okay uh you know and we're gonna do a quick cervical check you know and I said well hold on you know I they told me not to and he's like well your doctor wants you to do a cervical check and I just didn't know if she actually had had said that or if Or if he just thought that was the routine or.
0: Oh, um, no, he, oh, he was wrong. He was just dead wrong. Yeah.
1: Well, I was so protective and, and I was, and so then I had a nurse, like a head nurse, Mm -hmm. whatever you call them, but she came in and she she was unkind to me and said, honey, you know, we're the professionals here and, um, you need to have your cervix checked. Oh my goodness. And. I said, well, I have placenta previa and, you know, I'm telling her all this and she's like, doctor, whoever, you know, wants you to have it done. And I said, well, could she, if she's here, could she come and talk to me? Because she had told me not to. I just, I'd like to hear it from her. Right. And they're like, well, she's busy and she couldn't come for like another hour. And I thought, okay, that's fine. And so she did come and she did want me to have one, I guess. And she was so upset at me for not just letting them do it. And
0: that,
1: that sucks. I mean, I know it really did.
0: (laughs) Especially since, I mean, you've been told and you had at that point, had you been told that the placenta had moved at all?
1: mm -mm. No, it didn't move. Right. So I don't even remember why she wanted this service check, but she ended up doing it. And, she was just visibly really upset at me. And that kind of just, that was definitely not the best day. Of course. As we got nearer to the end of the pregnancy, around 36 weeks, um, the doctor said the baby seemed like she was getting big and that they worry about a big baby, you know, resting on that. Cause the placenta was still just dead center over my cervix. Right. And they said that if they would do an amniocentesis test and to check the if the lung fluid was mature enough. Right. And if it was, they wanted to deliver the baby because she just seemed to be getting big. They were worried that I, if they didn't, that I'd have some kind of episode like bleeding or baby would be in danger. So we went to the hospital and, and you know, I wasn't worried about a C-section because I had been kind of thinking about it since 20 weeks. Right. So I really had all that time to kind of accept it. And right. so at that time, I wasn't like heartbroken over having to have a C-section. I was just excited about the baby. And
0: right, of course. And it's your first baby and after the miscarriage yes, and everything. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, I'm sorry. She- I just can't let go of this checking your cervix thing because did she like, Did she did she look with a speculum or did she like check you? I think it was you? just a hand.
1: Oh, I, I, that is just... I, I mean, she just, may have used, I mean, in my memory, it, I
0: right. feel because I just, yeah. Um, but you know that she, you probably wouldn't have the, the nurses and they don't usually do like speculum exams. It's just, it's just so like outside of what we practice in terms of, we really don't, especially if your placenta was dead center, would not have wanted wanted to touch anything to, to irritate anything. So anyway, I'm sorry. So,
1: um, so (laughs) there, I know I was hung up on it too. Right,
0: right, right. (laughs) So you get your, um, they're thinking about doing the amniocentesis to deliver baby. And so what happens then? Yeah.
1: And, and I did, I mean, I, even though I did end up switching OBs, I mean, I am thankful for the care that lady provided for me. And like when she did the amniocentesis test, which hurt a lot and, she was very kind that day and you know, I could tell, I mean, she was awesome, like just the way she, she made me feel good that day. And so, right. You know, I just maybe she was having a rough day or something. I don't know. Right. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went in there and I just thought that we'd end up having the baby that day, but the test came back that no, the ones were not mature and they would wait again and do it the next week. So, I went home, and it was kind of like, okay, I'd already gotten off of work. Like, I'd already started my maternity leave, like, the day before because I thought we were having the baby. So, it, that ended up actually being a nice time for my husband and I just to take a few days and, like, go see a movie and right relax yeah. together because he was at work and I was off work. So, uh, it was on a Saturday, and I we were watching, like, TV, and I was eating way too much, like, pizza. And- <laughs> and just I mean I was just eating a lot of food because we were just hanging out and it was like pretty late at night like I went to the bathroom and I when I wiped there was blood on the toilet paper and I just freaked out you know like it's happening right (laughs) (laughs) like this is not a drill right I I am not a chill person like oh my gosh
0: we gotta all know where we stand so (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: Bless bless my husband. (laughs) He has to always deal with it. Oh, but I just started screaming out in the bathroom. And, you know, my husband Ben says he knew right away, like, what must have been going on. And I just, we just flew out the door. Like, I didn't bring anything with me. I just had my pajamas on. And Ben drove me there and... he didn't have time to start the car, so our teeth were chattering the whole time. And thankfully, we only lived, like, five minutes from the hospital. Oh, so good. I called them ahead of time, and they said, okay, come, come th- right up, uh, like, through the emergency room. And so I got up there. I told, I told them what happened. They put me in a gown, and I didn't know what would happen, like, if they'd make me stay there while they monitored the bleeding or what, you know. Um, but then I had a, another, the doctor who was on call, she came in and she said, okay, we're taking you back. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was kind of like a mix between like an expected C-section and also an emergency C-section, you know, because right. I knew I was going to have one when the time came, but I just, it still felt like such a shock. I mean, i right, like, what? Right, right, right now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Shout out to that doctor because I love her. Um, she ended up delivering um, all three of my kids. Okay. Anyway, so we went in and, you know, Ben, I'm just like freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just shaking. Like, I can't believe it. Well, then Ben is just so excited. He's like calling people. She's going in, you know, and I'm like, hold on, get off the phone. Like we
0: got,
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, they throw some scrubs on him. They, they, I mean, it all just happened so fast. I mean, like they're pushing me down the hall and the nurses are kind of pulling bobby pins out of my hair, you know? Right. It just, it happened really fast. And, and, um, I, my husband, you know, I gave him a kiss and I kind of thought, you know, the next time I see you, Lord willing, there's going to be a little baby out. And, uh, so I went in the, the, the operating room and I've never had surgery before that. Mm-hmm. So that was in and of itself, like a shock, just, it's so different than like, it looks on TV, like, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, I pretty much naked and then they're getting ready, buzzing around me. You know, it's like, they're all so kind, but in and but they're busy doing their jobs. So it's almost like not even there. I was just so nervous, but so excited because I felt safe then, like on the way to the hospital, I felt nervous, but then I thought, okay, they have the monitor on the baby. They're about to take her out. Like we're made it to the finish line, you know? So I was so thankful and it, before they even like shaved me down there or put a catheter in, they put me to sleep. Why did they
0: not do, normally we do the spinal medication in the back. Why did they not do that?
1: If my memory serves correctly, I think they said they were worried about bleeding. Mm. Okay, okay. And I don't remember being surprised about being asleep that first time. So I think they had told me that ahead of time that for that C-section they were just going to put me under general anesthesia. Right. So I would I went to sleep, and because I hadn't had a spinal block, when I woke up, it's like it felt like I had no painkiller in my system. Mm. I was so much in pain,
0: oh, and goodness.
1: I was in a dark recovery room, and the lady there was super nice, but, you know, I'm like, is the baby okay, and she goes, oh, yeah, you know, they were kind of telling me about her, oh, she has a lot of hair, and and I had told Ben ahead of time, like, don't worry, I just go hang out with the baby, you know, the doctors can take care of me, and you just enjoy, like, someone's got to be there for the baby's, like, first moments, and... right. Oh, and I, I should mention that they let him in, which was so nice. So at least one parent gets to tell the story of her like coming out and her yeah. First cry.
0: Yeah, that is nice because usually, usually we actually don't let uh, a family member in when somebody goes under general anesthesia.
1: Yes, yes, because cause when I, I had to go under general for my second and they pushed back a little bit, but Ben really said, you know, I was allowed in the first one. And so he made sure he talked ahead of time and got it kind of written down. I'm allowed in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, she, when I, when I woke up, thankful, she was, she did have to be in the NICU because her lungs were immature. Okay. So I was like almost 37 weeks. Um, and she stayed in there for 10 days, but she wasn't, there were not life threatening or, you know, they weren't too concerned. They just wanted there were like little setbacks. So, so that is her birth story. Um, okay. And that was just the most her being in the NICU and I not it took a while to get nursing down because I didn't even get to hold her till she was like four days old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was like the um the hardest newborn stage.
0: Sure, sure. sure. Of and, and all my kids. And for your first one too. So, yeah. 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 And again, yeah.
1: I didn't know kind of what I was missing. So I wasn't that torn up about it. Like gotcha. I was just so thankful she was fine. Gotcha. And people kept talking to me kind of in a consolatory way, you know, Oh, I'm so sorry you had to a C-section. I'm so sorry your baby's in NICU, you know? And I did appreciate the concern, but I'm like, Hey, yeah, I'm I just so a, glad. Like, I got a baby. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I was just so excited
0: right 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 so then so and it's hard to have your baby in the NICU my first daughter was born eight weeks early and she was in the NICU oh. for a month and and oh she God. had to have surgery after she was born so oh. um you know nobody you can't quite explain to anybody what it's like to have your baby in the NICU um yes it's, it's something mm-hmm. you never quite
1: forget yeah and you know I was I, like, I, said, I, I know that I would have been really freaked out if the same thing had happened to, like, my fourth baby. Mm, right. Because, like, I once I saw what be a normal or a typical baby had their experience right after birth, I thought it, sca- it actually scared me in retrospect, thinking about my first daughter's mm-hmm. experience. Like, yeah. Because at the time, I was just kind of blissfully unaware, like, okay, the doctor says she's going to be fine. And, right. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that would scare me so bad now. Yeah. I mean, it scared me. I mean, I was worried and concerned for her at the time, but I I wasn't, like, f- super freaked out. And I think that it would have re- freaked me out even more if it had happened, like, after I'd already had was uh, like, a typical baby that comes into right. to your room. and For sure. For yep. sure. For sure.
0: So then you get through that pregnancy, the delivery, get your baby home. And then, uh, it sounds like a couple years later, found yourself pregnant again. And yes, did you decide that? And you, I know just from, you know, talking to you a little bit via your, your story, you wanted to have a VBAC or try for a VBAC. What was Mm -hmm. your, what was your thought process in making that decision about VBAC versus repeat cesarean section?
1: I had always had that vision, I of you know pushing a baby out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's something that I just loved the idea of. I, I you know, and I I wasn't ready to give up on that dream. My doctor said that I was a good candidate for a VBAC because it's not like I had had an unsuccessful labor before.
0: Correct. Yep. Yep. So- so you felt like your doctor was supportive of your decision.
1: Oh, she was very supportive. Um, and this was, you know, my new doctor. She had been the emergency one who had delivered my daughter. Right. She was very supportive. And I really believed that it was going to happen. So I, I actually went to like birthing classes for right. the first time. Right. Right. Like I, I hadn't gone to birthing classes my first because I thought, well, I'm not even going to be able to give birth. So it doesn't matter. I was just so excited. And her pregnancy again was pretty chill. I was just relishing the ability to do whatever I wanted because i wasn't on pelvic rest you right. Know? so I was, was exercising and and just just I felt so good. And it was the summer, which made a difference right <laughs> like, anyway, so i uh, I was super excited to try the the V back. and as it got closer, you know, I was nervous because, you know, I heard about like the risks, right. Um, But I was just hopeful, you know, and it's funny because with my first daughter, I had a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions, even, even early on, because, you know, she wasn't even, she was born at 36 weeks. So I didn't uh-huh. even get to the later part of my pregnancy, but with my second daughter, I was like not having any Braxton Hicks contractions.
0: Like nothing. She was just
1: chilling in there like <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so as it got closer, I mean, I guess I don't know when they start the weekly cervical checks. Like at 36 weeks or 35 weeks.
0: Yeah, around about there. And th- and that's not necessarily standard that all OBs do it just because it doesn't necessarily give us any additional information, but roughly yeah, around thirty-five, thirty-six weeks um for doctors who do it, that's when they'll do it. But it's not it's it's really not necessary. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So I would get it really even if though I hate cervical exams, I don't know who likes them, but
0: yes, I would exactly. Get <laughs> I always tell people like whenever women tell me like I hate cervical exams, I'm like, well if you liked it, that might be kind of strange. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: Yes. Oh, it's so true. But I got kind of like excited because I kept thinking they were going to be like, oh my gosh, you're so far dilated or you never know. you know. Right. I had friends of mine, you know, that would always have those stories about, oh, I went in and I was five centimeters dilated, you know. <laughs> so I was just so geared up and pumped. And, I, you know, every time I'd get checked, they're like, wow, you are just not even a fingertip dilated. Like oh, you are just...
0: And you're like, okay, <laughs> great. Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. And so I was doing everything that you've ever heard of. Okay. It's you like a- you got to tell us what you were doing. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, people say that, you know, having sex can initiate labor. Like right. we, so we were trying that, you know, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was squatting. Like, I mean... I pretty much just was, like, walking around squatting or lunging, like, all the time. I mean, this was once I was, like, 38, 39 weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And, you know, I'm eating the spicy food and walking it out, and I, I wasn't even having, like, one Braxton Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've come to learn that I must have, like, the cervix of steel or something. I don't know right. why, but... Anyway, so I, we tried everything. I mean, I went past the 40-week mark, and, you know, the doctor's like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry that you were just not dilating, you know. She's like, uh, so we got closer, and she's like, we need to schedule it for that 41 week. And, and actually, now looking back, I realize how cool it was that my doctor was willing to let me go that far. Right.
0: So she said, if no labor by 41 weeks, then go ahead and schedule a C-section.
1: Yes, pretty much, I'll see you then, or I'll see you when you're laboring. Right. (laughs) Right. And did she talk at all about inducing your labor? She did not, because this might just be like a North Dakota thing or something, but Mm -hmm. she said they do not induce women who have had a C-section, because it could thin the uterine lining or something. Yeah. Yeah. It does increase
0: the risk of uterine rupture, the, the scar from the uterus opening just a little bit. So every, not all doctors are comfortable doing induction when a woman has had a C-section before. So I'm not entirely surprised to hear that.
1: So, yeah. So like the day came and I was feeling bummed, you know, because I'm like, oh, come on, you know. Right. You've done all
0: the preparation, you went to the classes and everything. uh Uh-huh. I know Ben
1: and I, like, you know, we had sex, like, a couple hours before we went for the C-section. <laughs> that was that last-ditch <laughs> effort. we just going to try yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's just funny because I went in, and, you know, and I asked the doctor because I asked, I think it was somebody, like, a I don't think it was my doctor. It was, like, a nurse. But I said, could you please check me one more time? Like, this is after I was, like, had my, like, hit. He- Hair, hair net on, or whatever you call it, like for the right, surgery, you know. Right. I said, "Could you check me just one more time, just to see, like, <laughs> your arm <laughs> <pump> dilating?" <laughs> and she said, "Wow, there's just nothing." Okay. Um, right. And so I thought, all right, God's will be done. We'll go in and do the C-section. And I was so excited because I thought, you know, it's kind of a win-win because. It's like I'll either get to have a V back or I get to be awake this time. Right. Because I think most people want to be awake for their birth okay, of sure. their child.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah but, I would
1: agree. <laughs> I mean, and so I went in and I was just so excited and I was nervous too so I'm like, what's this going to be like being awake and experiencing a C-section? And, but I was so excited and I went in and I had mentioned because I have scoliosis. hmm a pretty pronounced curvature. I had to wear a brace for a couple of years when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, and it hadn't ever occurred to me to really talk about it before to the doctors. Um, but that day I kind of, when I, when the anesthesiologist came in to talk to me about the spinal block, I hadn't had that conversation before because they never had planned on giving me a spinal block with the other pregnancy. So this was right. my first time talking to a, An anesthesiologist about the spinal block And he's I was talking to him and I said This is just a couple minutes before he went in the operating room I said you know I have scoliosis like is that going to mess anything up And he said oh you know I don't think so I've had a lot of patients with scoliosis Like um, I'm sure it'll just be fine you know And he's like I've hardly ever seen that happen And here, he I think he said he'd never seen it happen Um, So anyway We went in and it was much different than my first C-section because I was awake and while they were, you know, shaving me and, and putting the catheter in. And that was a new experience. Like, I'm like, geez, you know, I just felt so exposed because I'm just like naked. And your right. legs are in like the frog legs, you know. And, right. But again, I was super excited. So then they had me sit up for the spinal block and that that hurt a lot more than I thought it was going to. Mm but they're so kind. They were so kind to me. They, they laid me down and they said, okay, they were explaining to me what it was going to feel like. You know, I didn't feel that, uh, numb yet. And I kept, okay. well, when am I supposed to feel numb? You know? And right. they're, they're like, well, you know, it'll come. And I laid there and I was like, Can, should I be able to wiggle my feet? And Right. they're like, that's kind of weird, but they're like, no, you're just fine. And so then a doctor came in and she's talking and talk to the other people in the room and talking to me. And she's like, okay, Linnea, I'm going to start doing some tests. You know, and I was like, ouch, you know, cause it hurt. And she said, does that really hurt? Or do you just feel the sensation of being touched? And you're like, no, it hurts. Yeah. I said, that really hurts, you know? And then I started moving my legs and she said, wow. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be she able had, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. She hadn't been in there when I was moving my legs a couple of minutes before. Um, but she's like, Oh honey, you know, she did a couple more tests and they waited five or 10 minutes maybe. And she said, uh, the lady who put it in the, the spinal block, she was in there. And she said, when I put that in, I put it in perfectly. Like, she's like, I just can't see us the point of trying the spinal block again. Okay. She's like, I really felt like I got the, you needle know, right in the right place. And, right. Right. Um. And so my doctor came up and she just was so sweet and caring. She just kind of stroked my head and she's like, you know what, honey, it looks like you have to go to sleep again. And I just was crying so hard that my teeth were chattering. Oh, I just, I wanted to be awake, you know? Of course.
0: Yeah. And it was like, you, you were having the V back. You weren't going to get the V back. And then the
1: Mm -hmm. thing that you
0: thought you were going to get being awake, you weren't going to get that either.
1: Yeah. So I, I didn't even get to see Ben in that moment because, you know, they don't bring him in until I would be already set up. Right. So I didn't even get to have him there saying like, I, I, when I had parted ways with him, I thought I was going to see him when I was awake. You know, he told me later, you know, that he was so sad and disappointed for me when they came out and told him that I had to be asleep again, but they did let him in again. Okay. The uh, anyway, so I I, they put me to sleep. So that's like kind of the last thing I remember there is again, you know, them counting backwards and I just drifted off. Her she was born in the daytime, so it was daylight and I was in the recovery area for however long that is, like an hour or something. And Mm -hmm. then they started wheeling me up to the next level where the baby was because she didn't have to be in the NICU. Uh, She was just a big 41 week baby. Right. How big was she? It was healthy. Well, she was eight, six. Okay. So she was solid, Which for is, sure. Yes. But, Yohan, I forgot to mention this. The funniest thing. You know, my baby, my first girl, who was uh-huh. born at almost 37 weeks, she right. was eight, ten. Dang. <laughs> Linnea. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she she was bigger At at 36 and a half weeks than her sister was at 41 weeks.
0: Oh, my. If you would have gone the full term, she'd have been like 10 pounds.
1: Yes. Well, I was 10 and a half pounds when I was born. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, but anyway, so when I went up to the, when they wheeled me up to the room after my second daughter was born, uh, it was a whole new experience because it's so different than having your baby in the NICU Mm -hmm. just to have a a healthy baby just out, you know. And as they're wheeling me into my room, I hear this baby crying. And my first thought was, oh, man, I have to share a room. And the baby, that other lady's baby's crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's your baby. <laughs> and they wheeled me around, my husband holding a baby that's crying. And it just hit me. Oh, that's my baby. <laughs> and it was the coolest Thing because Aww. i just i didn't even look at her face before i nursed her like i unlatched my gown and she went right on and she like had the latch of like a 10 month old and it was just so special to me because even though i had to be asleep it was like in that moment just so awesome you know because yeah. you just, just to be able to hold your baby so soon because i hadn't been able to hold my other baby girl um and it was just so neat. So, like, she nursed for, for, like, 40 minutes before I could take her off the breast and really look at her for the first time, you know? Right. So that was a positive yeah. time.
0: So how do you feel like you coped with the disappointment of not being able to have a V back and not being awake for the surgery? Do you feel like everything just kind of came together once you were able to hold her? Or just how did you, how did you cope with that?
1: I... Well, like, I, you know, I was super sad right before the surgery, and I just was very, like, just so sad because I'm just, mm-hmm. like, I really wanted to just be awake at least. Like, just right. like, hear the baby's first cry or look at her before she gets cleaned up or something. like. But after she was born and I got to hold her, it was so special that I, I mean, like, I felt very um, consoled. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know what? this couldn't get stolen from me like no matter how you meet your baby like it's such a special time like right yes i had to be asleep but you know i realized wow but look at my beautiful baby so i felt better but i think in the back of my mind i thought maybe i'd get a chance still sometime to get a vaginal birth so i think and i'm i'm very thankful but i think I, if anything i feel just now that i know that my childbearing Season is over. I do feel disappointment sometimes, you know, because I, I just that would have been cool to experience the vaginal birth. But I mean, not like devastating disappointment. Just like you know, oh, I think it would have been cool to like go to France. But you I know, I, I know what you time mean. Time, I, yeah. I know
0: exactly what you mean. I feel the same way. I had C sections for both of my deliveries, oh, yeah. and I do have that sort of like you know it would have been nice to have that experience. But it kind of is what mm-hmm. it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm just so thankful because. Overall, they were so kind at the hospital and right. very caring. So I I think I coped pretty well.
0: It, sound, it sounds like it for sure. For sure. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favorite to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy Into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources, from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. Again, that's DrNicoleRankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. Now, when it came to number three, was there any discussion about VBAC? A lot of doctors are not comfortable with that. So it's quite possible there was no discussion.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any hope or or like I didn't think the doctor would let me. I mean, I had like these like fantasies like, oh, what if I like? went into labor and just had the baby like really fast, you know? Right. right. <laughs> but I was surprised when my doctor said that she said, well, you know, if you go into labor before 39 weeks, she's like, I'm fine with you laboring until it get, if it got to a dangerous point, then I would do a C-section. But I think that it's fine if you're allowed to labor, if you go before 39 weeks.
0: Oh, nice! So she was actually uh, open to the possibility. Mm-hmm. That's actually yes. not very common. Um, a lot of doctors are not common with um with VBAC after two C sections. So that's really encouraging to hear.
1: Yes, I I've learned that too. Like since then, I've realized, wow, that was really kind of her, and and I'm glad she kind of trusted the situation. Um, and so I did have that hope in the back of my mind that I would just kind of like magically go into labor. Not that I ever had before, you know, but right. But it, it didn't happen. I 39 weeks. I went in for a scheduled C-section and
0: please tell me you were awake for this one. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. And it was, well, I had talked this time. I talked to them ahead of time. I said, listen, you know, I have his history of spinal blocks not working. I don't know if it has to do with my scoliosis or not. And I don't know if that made any difference or what, but, um, they were going to try to be really, 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 um, particular and like putting it in the right spot or something, but they said, you know, it it still may not work because you have a history of it not working. And I was just very prepared for anything at that point. Okay. And I was, had really strategized that I was going to be thankful no matter what, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a good attitude. That's a
0: great attitude to have to try to find um, what you can be grateful for in the moment, Mm -hmm. even during challenging times.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I I was really trying to just, you know, get just have a right headspace, you know. Um, And so I went in. And again, they were so sweet to me. Um, I'm always just I don't know why I'm surprised when they're so nice, but they're just so many healthcare professionals are just so nice and caring, you know? And when you're scared or you're naked in an operating room or whatever, mm-hmm. it just means so much to have that tender um, conversation and people to genuinely care about you. It just means so right. much. I just, his birth, my, th- I mean, it was just so exciting. I mean, it was just one of the best moments of my life because just to be awake, yeah.
0: like I,
1: I, so I, yeah, I went in and he put the spinal block in and immediately it felt different than the okay. other one I ever had. Like, okay. Good. I thought, oh, so this is what they're talking about. <laughs>
0: right, but, right. I know that it felt like I had a similar, my first, for my first C-section, the anesthesia wasn't working properly and I could feel way more than I should have. And then the second one, it was like, oh, this is what you mean when you're supposed yeah. to be numb. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, cause it's like, I couldn't even. Because it it hurt again going in, and I kept thinking, I hope this works, because this is such a waste of a painful experience. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and, they like, I mean, they, I got numb so fast that, like, I couldn't even put my own legs back on the table. Gotcha. And that got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> and-
0: I just never been so excited to not feel your legs before.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, my face must've looked like a woman who was like getting winning the lottery. I mean, I was so excited. I was not nervous at all. As soon as I knew that that was working, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, and so they laid me back and it started going up my chest, you know, the numbness Mm -hmm. or up to my chest, you know? Right. And, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, they were shaving me and putting my catheter in, but I didn't feel it. I just, I literally could not believe it was happening. Like to me, that was like the best thing that could ever happen to me in my whole life. And then my husband came in. So I, and he was crying when he saw me awake. Right. And I was crying because he was just so happy for me. And and I was, and I was happy for me. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we were, it was just a really tender moment with my husband because he was just, he was sad when I was sad, you know, so just yeah. for him to stay awake, he was so ha- happy. He was crying and I was crying and the doctor came in and she's like, okay, Linnea, I'm going to do some tests, like the pinch test or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh she pinched and at this time I still thought, who knows if it's going to work, like, you know, and she just gives a pinch and. I, said, I don't feel anything and she goes okay I'm gonna look at some other things and I still wasn't feeling anything and I said do you think it's gonna work and she said oh it's working I already made the incision yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again I was so excited like who gets excited that they're cut open but I was like so excited like, right I just I couldn't believe it like even now it's been like four years since that day and I just when I talk about it I get so excited because it's just so magical. Like even just a C-section, it felt so magical to be awake and they were tugging and it felt really weird. And then they kind of had to push him out. Right. So they were kind of, I had multiple ladies, lady nurses kind of leaning in on my chest and my stomach, trying to wiggle him out. So what was that moment like for you then when that, when you oh.
0: first heard him?
1: It was just, I just, just like the breath went out of me, you know, hmm. I just cried. I just was so thankful. I mean, I felt him come out, you know, and you know, he made his, he had a good cry, you know, and um the doctor put, you know, she said he had a big head. He does have a big head, you know, yeah. but as she's come, <laughs> as she was taking him out, she's like, man, he has a big head, but you know, before they did anything with him, they quickly kind of brought him around the curtain and so I could see and Uh and I just when I saw him I don't even it was like inhuman the sound I made like just this joy slash just shock like right I mean like I'd never been awake for that like one minute you're just have a big, bulbous belly. The next minute, there's like a little human, and it's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, it was so cool. And it was cool, and it was a blessing, too, because I got to see my husband's face for the, I had never seen the oh, look on what, his face. Right, his right, yeah. And that was so special. So they cleaned him up, or they didn't even really clean him up. They pretty much tested him, sucked out a little bit of stuff, and then they put him on my chest. While the doctor stitched me up. So I got to be kind of skin to skin with him there. Awesome. Oh, I just loved it. I was just crying and he just was so cute. And, and then yeah. I never had to like, I never had to let go of him. They, they uh, were going to move me from the operating table to a bed. And I thought, Oh, can I, you really going to let me hold him while you do that? And they said, yeah, just hold. you don't drop him. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 they sat me up and he nursed right away while I was doing my whole post op thing and uh it was just I couldn't believe it. I'm I'm sure my husband got sick of me saying I can't believe it you right,
0: know right right
1: but I said it like a thousand times
0: that is amazing and then just for number 4 hopefully that went similarly smoothly and and mm-hmm. you were awake for that one too
1: yes i his C-section came. And again, I was braced for the spinal block not to work. I was kind of, I wasn't, I didn't want to be blindsided. So I was kind of expecting it, you know? Right. But then it did work. And, um, I loved my doctor here in Wyoming was great. I was blessed again with a great doctor to deliver my babies. And I was just so excited again I I was just so glad that it actually happened again I could be awake so
0: so you didn't have any complications from any of your c-sections
1: no thankfully no I just um I feel like I had a harder time recovering like some of my friends they have c-sections and then they'll you know go out to dinner at a restaurant like four days later I mean right I felt with all four of my c-sections I felt like I just I couldn't overdo it or I would bleed a lot or be really in pain, but I never had an infection or anything like that. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, good. That, that is, that is awesome. So to wrap things up, what are some things that you want to share or what is one thing you would share that you wish you knew beforehand about giving birth that you would want to share with the listeners?
1: Oh, geez. I don't know. I guess just, I wish that I would have known beforehand um, pro- well, I, first thing is that if you have that, that it, it, my spinal block might not work. <laughs> so, you can be, so you could be um, prepared for that, you know, open t- to the possibility that lots of different things could happen at the hospital. Gotcha. Um,
0: yeah, that's just, it's an unpredictable process.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I I think I would want other people to know it's not exactly about childbirth, but that nursing. To me, it always hurt really bad the first three or four weeks. And once I got past that point, it saw gravy, you know, and it was great and it was didn't hurt anymore. But I like to tell friends of mine that are first time moms, you know, don't be freaked out if nursing hurts because it, that was normal for me and it does right. go away.
0: Right. I always call breastfeeding a labor of love. It's not necessarily easy <laughs> or straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then um, just to end, what is like... One piece of advice that you would tell women as they get ready for their birth one one piece of advice you tell them
1: well, providing that you're doing the best you can to get all the prenatal care you should have, which is mm-hmm. a given because you most do. I would just say to try to enjoy the season that you're in as a expected mother, you know, rest and take that quiet time to enjoy mm. those kind of sacred days leading up to it. Right. And just to enjoy the time with your family as it is, whether you are just you and your partner or if you have other children, but just to savor it, you know, and it's just going to happen when it's supposed to happen as far yeah. as the birth, you know, and though, cause those, mm-hmm. I feel like those last few days of pregnancy are, are just so special and, I just don't spend them like wishing that the birth was already happening. Those, I think that's a really great advice.
0: Just enjoy,
1: enjoy the moment because
0: it's just really not something that you experience very often in your life, actually. So enjoy the moment while you have it. Yep. Yeah. So where can women connect with you if they're interested in finding out more about you and your artwork? Where can women connect with you?
1: Well, I um you can find me on Instagram at Linnea Ruth Designs. Um, and there I share a little bit about my artwork and uh I'm actually gonna be I, I do have an Etsy shop, um, where I sell my uh like original artwork and prints. But I am gonna be having a website soon for my branding artwork and that all can be found on my Instagram account when that happens.
0: Awesome. And I will link to all of that in the show notes for everybody so they can reach things very easily. Well, Linnea, thank you so much for being here. This has been a really great conversation and I know that the listeners will find it useful. Uh, the experience. I mean, you've had the gamut of experiences from miscarriage to placenta previa, a pretty rare complication in pregnancy to you know, C-section and not being awake for C-section, you've covered
1: quite a bit today. <laughs> yeah. And th- And I'm just so thankful. I got four wonderful little chickens. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. All right. Well, you take care. And again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Okay.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So. I know that was a lot, but it was really great and inspiring conversation. Now, after every episode where I have a guest on, I do Nicole's notes where I give my top three or four takeaways about the episode. And here is what I take away from the episode today. Number one, I said this in the beginning, I'm going to say it again. I say it a lot birth is unpredictable. None of us can really predict how birth goes. And that's even the case with cesarean sections. Linnea didn't think she was going to be asleep. You may also, if you even if you have a scheduled cesarean section, you may end up going into labor before your date or your water may break before that. So get comfortable with the fact that birth is an unpredictable process. When you're able to get comfortable with that, you're better able to deal with things as they go along. Number two, Linnea was upset about how things went, and understandably so, but she really got past it. It is okay for you to be upset if your birth doesn't go exactly the way you want it to, but I want you to be sure that you don't stay stuck in that upset state. You have to figure out a way to move forward and really enjoy the moment of having this new baby in front of you. Every woman is going to do that differently if it comes to that point. You may need help from your friends or family members or even mental health professionals, but I want you to be sure that you don't stay stuck in that upset feeling if your birth doesn't go the way that you intend. Last thing, everyone recovers differently from birth. Linnea talked about how she had a hard time recovering from her cesarean sections, but She had friends who had a pretty easy time. I personally had two cesarean sections and I didn't have much of a difficult time with recovery at all. So you can learn from other women about how their experience goes. And this is the case with vaginal birth and cesarean birth. You'll have women who have easy recoveries and difficult recoveries from both, but ultimately your experience will be uniquely yours. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. Let me know your takeaways in the podcast community Facebook group. Now, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, I would really appreciate you leaving an honest review in iTunes. It helps other women find my show. Now, next week on the podcast, I have Dr. Serena Pasricha. She's a gastroenterologist. And we are talking about how the gut microbiome affects pregnancy and your newborn baby really interesting and informative episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. So come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a healthy and happy pregnancy and birth. Today's episode is brought to you by Women's Wellness Coaching by Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins. Head to ncrcoaching.com to check out my free one-hour mini course on how to make your birth plan, as well as my comprehensive online childbirth education class, The Birth Preparation Course. With over eight hours of content and a private course community, the birth preparation course will leave you knowledgeable, prepared, confident, and empowered going into your birth. Head to ncrcoaching.com to learn more.